y'all. Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so today we're talking about season seven, episode 17, called The Born Again Identity. Uh, we start out at a railway at night. Uh, someone whose face we can't see is running slowly down the railroad track. This Real person, <laughs> what did I just say? A railroad. <laughs> railroad. I think I said railway. Oh, I don't know. My computer, like, I, I think my. I don't know about my connection, but it sounds a little bit like muffled. So it's oh. very possible that you said railway, but it just sounds like railroad. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you were expecting railroad, then it would have sounded a little wonky. Yeah. I don't so. know what. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like it's just my computer. <laughs> it's probably me. <laughs> yeah, my computer has some issues. <laughs> Okay, so this person bumps into a man. The man yells, hey, dick. <laughs> but the running man turns to look at the guy and we see that the running man is Sam. <laughs> All I see is Jensen doing the running man at that one convention that we went to. Oh, that was amazing. Man. <laughs> yeah, he was succeeding. I mean, I don't know the, the, the moves very well. He seemed like he was putting a lot of effort into it. <laughs> do you know how to do the running man? No. I'm going to teach you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to teach you the Roger Rabbit. I feel like I might know the Roger Rabbit. Okay. I don't know. There's, are they similar? Um, no. What? Oh, I mean, you use your feet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I, I don't know which one I'm thinking of that I actually know, you know. Okay. Well, I'll teach you them both. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> okay. So he runs through a gate into an alleyway where a woman is buying drugs from a dealer. The woman leaves and Sam pauses to rest by the dealer. The dealer says, dude, get the hell away from me. Sam rubs a hand over his face. He looks exhausted. The dealer says, you speak friggin' English? Go away. Sam says, it's okay. No one's after me. The dealer says, why are you running up in here like that? He's like, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> Sam says, just, just leave me alone. And he slides down the ground with his back against the post. Um, the dealer says, what the hell did you take anyway? Sam says, nothing. The dealer says, shut up. Hallucifer says, no, he's telling the truth. Burned through that last beer hours ago, right about the time Dean passed out. Come on, Sam, tell the nice tweaker. You'd be <laughs> sleeping by now if the devil would just leave you alone for five seconds. Stupid Satan chasing you all the way to where the hell are we sam says gah i just need some rest lucifer yeah. <laughs> says hey sam try the hand scar sam says Ugh! <laughs> the dealer says how many days have you been up anyway lucifer says four. Oh wait he looks at his watch and says scratch that five sam gets up and starts to walk away the dealer says hey hold up wait hold up sam turns around the dealer says, you want to knock out? I can knock you out. <laughs> He's so, like, I'll give you the drugs, man. <laughs> I know. So we cut to Sam and the dealer uh, asleep in the front seats of the car. Something shatters the windshield, spraying glass all over Sam. And Sam wakes up and hurries out. Uh, a bar is sticking out of the shattered windshield. But when Sam looks again, the windshield is intact. Hallucifer appears behind Sam and says, good morning to you. Good morning to you. Sam walks away. 
<laughs> Lucifer. So yeah. Lucifer is singing and making hand motions. Says, our day is beginning. So good morning to you. I thought you liked my singing. We cut to some time later. Um, Lucifer is walking just behind Sam. Lucifer says, Pills, you do get that you're just bringing free drugs to the party, right? I am inside you. Yeah. I am inside you, Sam. Hey, Sam, what's the longest a normal human being has ever gone without sleep? 11 days. Hey, you always wanted to be normal, Sam. Sam runs away from Lucifer. And Lucifer says, if you are, you'll be dead in a week. Sam runs in front of a car, which hits him and rolls him up on the windshield over the top of the car and onto the ground. We get Poor our opening Sammy. file Always sequence. Always getting hit by things. <laughs> I know. Like, what I want to know is, did that knock him out? <laughs> That's what I wrote. <laughs> I was like, there he goes, getting knocked out again. <laughs> he probably, well, he- Let's be real. You get, if he can get knocked out by like the dumbest things- seemingly like there's no way that he got hit by a car and didn't get knocked out getting knocked out would probably be a great thing for him right now because then he could get some sleep for real <laughs> so maybe he did get knocked out and had a little hallucifer break one could only hope <laughs> yeah please just this once be unconscious <laughs> so we cut to inside a hospital it's daytime now a doctor is working at his desk dean opens the door and walks in followed by a nurse the nurse says, okay, sir, you can't just barge in here without an appointment. Dean says, they said, talk to K- Kadinsky. <laughs> I have to say this name so many times. I better not fuck it up. Okay. Kading- Kadinsky. <laughs> well, I'm going to try my best. Kadinsky? Kadinsky. <laughs> Is there a K in there? Kadinsky. Kadinsky. Like how it it's K A D I N S K Y Kadinsky Kadinsky. You're just adding an extra K. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Dean says, "Are you Kadinsky?" <laughs> I'm gonna fuck it up every time. Just, just deal with it. The it's nurse fine. says, "You need to be scheduled." Dean says, "Well, then schedule me." He was in a car crash. Why the hell can't I see him? Dr. Kadinsky says, you're Sam Smith's brother. Dean says, yeah, what's going on? Dr. Kadinsky says to the nurse, it's fine. Thank you, really. The nurse leaves. Dr. Kadinsky says, Sam was admitted. He was treated for a broken rib and lacerations. Dean says, okay, that's not too bad. And Dr. Kadinsky says, and he's locked. He's in our locked psychiatric floor. (laughs) Dean looks surprised and says, I mean, he's had some trouble. Dr. Kadinsky says, so you're aware that Sam is experiencing a full-blown psychotic episode. Dean says, psychotic? Come on. I mean, the guys, I mean, it's not like the guy's freaking Norman Bates. I mean, I don't understand why he's so confused by this. (laughs) I know. Homie's been going without sleep for a long time. At some point, you're going to bust, you know? Yeah, I think that Sam has been, I think Sam has been trying to hide it as much as possible from Dean yeah that's what i think so i think you would like notice if somebody around you like wasn't sleeping at all yeah like you know i don't know yeah dr (laughs) kadinsky says no i'm sure he isn't we need to determine whether his state was brought on by the insomnia or whether the insomnia is a symptom of his condition do you understand so that we can figure out how to treat him dean says well all i can say is that the sleep thing is kind of new 
Dr. Kadinsky says, right, well, we've pumped him about as full of sedatives as we safely can. So far, he won't go under. I've never seen anything like it. So we cut to Dr. Kadinsky pushing a button to enter Ward D2. He and Dean walk down the hallway. Uh, we cut to Sam's hospital room. Hallucifer is sitting on a desk playing with a cat's cradle. Sam is on the bed dressed in a white t-shirt and white hospital pants. Hallucifer says, I'm just saying, back when you had no soul, Dr. Kudinsky and Dean show up at the door. Hallucifer says, you never had to sleep. Dean goes in the room. Hallucifer says, ah, Mr. Helpless, pull up a six pack, buddy. Dean says, how are you feeling? Sam says, maybe you should cancel my UFC fight. Hallucifer says, yeah, keep that sense of humor, Sam. It'll get you through this. Dean says, Sam, I'm going to find you some help. Sam exhales and looks away. Hallucifer says, now that sounded a little cynical. Sam says, I don't think it's out there, Dean. Dean says, we don't know that. Sam says, we know better than most. It's all snake oil. Last faith healer we hooked up with had a reaper on a leash, remember? Dean stands up and says, yeah, Sam, I remember. Sam says, I'm just saying. Dean says, what, that you don't want my help? Sam says, no, I'm just saying, don't do this to yourself. Dean says, Sam, if I don't find something, Sam says, then I'll die. Hallucifer says, oh, you're upsetting me. Sam says, Dean, we knew this was coming. Dean says, no. Sam says, when you put my soul back, Dean says, no. Sam says, Cass warned you about all the crap it would. Dean says, screw Cass. Quit being Dolly freaking Yoda about this, okay? Get Dolly pissed. Yoda. That yeah. needs to be a thing. Yeah. Somebody needs to make a t-shirt out of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dean says, get pissed. Sam says, I'm too tired. This is what happens when you throw a soul into Lucifer's dog bowl. And you think they're just going to be, and you think there's just going to be some cure out there? Sam looks at Dean tiredly. Dean nods and bites his lip. Lucifer says, oh, you guys are having a moment. <laughs> Dean leaves the room. So we cut to Dean in a motel room. Actually, I couldn't tell if he was in a motel room or Rufus's cabin. Could you? Um, I don't remember even it like looked like two <laughs> okay it looked like two like there was just too much stuff there for it to be like a house that he was squatting in or a motel room so i think it's rufus's cabin okay so anyway it doesn't matter but that's fine um so dean is looking through a journal and talking on the phone uh he says i'm a friend of bobby singers i'm looking for some info if you could uh, call me back thanks he hangs up and crosses the name off a list. Come back to Sam. A nurse, um, a nurse takes Sam's blood pressure and temperature while Hallucifer watches. I'll come back to Dean. He's on the phone. He says sarcastically, I'm so sorry to have bothered you. He crosses another name off a list. Eight names are now crossed off. Come back to Sam. Hallucifer is reading from the DSM book, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. <laughs> I love that book. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever come in contact with it um yeah i've skimmed through it a couple of times but mm -hmm. i mean i've never really had a purpose to like actually read it you know oh, yeah <laughs> yeah that book taught me a lot about myself actually <laughs> <laughs> um hallucifer says narcissistic personality disorder okay now this one i could have him no no yeah not that couldn't be a thing <laughs> <laughs> right the nurse comes in and says time for meds sam hallucifer says sets unrealistic goals check 
but trouble keeping healthy relationships. Not sure about that one. Thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) We cut back to Dean. He's on the phone. He says, yeah, thanks. He hangs up, crosses out another name and picks up a smaller journal. He tosses a smaller journal onto a table and walks to the fridge. There's a whoosh of air and the journal falls to the floor. Uh, Dean picks it up. A business card for Mackie's taxidermy has fallen out. On the back is a cell phone number. Dean calls the number and says, yeah, hi, uh, my name is Dean. I'm a friend of Bobby Singer's. I'm looking for some info. If you could call me back, thanks. And he hangs up. So we cut back to Sam. He's sitting on the edge of his bed with his eyes closed. Dr. Kudinsky enters. (laughs) Dr. Kudinsky says, Sam, how are you feeling today? Rib pain, scale one to 10. Sam says, oh, it's not bad. Um, Three. Dr. Kudinsky says, you don't have to lie, Sam. Sam says, oh, I'm, I'm not. Dr. Kudinsky says, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Kudinsky says, you've suffered terrible agony. I mean, your 10 must be astronomical. Sam says, yeah, I guess I have a high threshold. Dr. Like, Kudinsky, you have no idea what I've been through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anytime I hurt, I just get knocked out. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Something happens and I'm always passed out somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um okay but dr kudinsky says yeah but the worst is knowing that there's always a new 10 sam says what are you talking about dr kudinsky says well i'm talking about the truly elegant torture i have prepared for you today and dr kudinsky morphs into hallucifer hallucifer says sam sam gets up and turns away from hallucifer he says just stay the hell away from me Hallucifer says, but it's so nice chatting, Sam. I hate these one-sided conversations. Come on, buddy. Engage. No whiny. Yeah, I know. Sam, you and me, locked ward. Is it me or is this just like the cage? So we cut to nighttime. Sam is sitting on the bed yawning. An orderly brings in a tray with a sandwich on it. Sam takes a bite, uh, then looks down at the sandwich and sees that it's crawling with maggots. He drops. Yeah, that was disgusting. (laughs) He drops the sandwich on the floor and moves further up the bed. A girl wearing a white hospital, wearing white hospital clothes with a bandage on her neck is watching from the doorway. She hurries away. We cut to Dean. He's doing a search on the laptop. He brings up the Amazing Grace Helpful Helping Friends website. His phone rings. He says, this is Dean. Mackie says, Mackie, calling you back. Hey, real sorry about, real sorry about Bobby. Dean says, yeah, me too. Mackie says, look, what you called about, I might have something for you. There's this guy. He goes by Emmanuel. He kind of roams. First started hearing about him a couple months back, how he was healing the sick, curing the crazy. Dean says, uh-huh. Mackie says, naturally, I think it, uh, some things in the... Okay, I'm going to start that over. <laughs> <laughs> he says, naturally, I think something in the milk ain't clean. Find the sucker, punch his clock, right? Uh, Dean says, right. Mackie says, heard the best way to get to him is through his wife, Daphne, out in Colorado. So I go, tell her I'm going blind. It's true. My right eye is burnt out. She says, go home. He'll come. So I go. I set every trap, every test in the book. Dean says, that's what I would have done. Mackie says, Emmanuel shows. He passes everyone. There's nothing weird about this guy, except he's the real deal. Dean says, what do you mean? Mackie says, he touched me and my eye was fixed. Look, I don't believe in much that don't suck your blood but I wouldn't call you on a maybe. So we cut back to Sam. He's sitting on the edge of his bed, covering his ears and facing away from Hallucifer, who is talking through a loudspeaker. Hallucifer says, oh, my head hurts. Make it stop. (laughs) 
no a girl. Kidding. You've got a megaphone blasting into my ear. Thank you. <laughs> I know. A girl says hello, and it's the girl who was watching Sam from the doorway earlier. Um, she holds out a chocolate bar to Sam. She says, "Do you want this or not? I saw you yesterday." Sam takes the chocolate bar. The girl says, "You didn't look too happy with your in-flight meal." Sam says, "Thanks." Uh, the girl says, "Marin, no problem." Sam, right? The loudspeaker blares, and Sam winces. Lucifer says, I'm Sam. <laughs> Sam covers his face and Marin quickly leaves. Lucifer says, hello, Sam. Hi. <laughs> so, God, he's being such a pill. I don't think I can handle hello. it. <laughs> I'm, I'm Sam. <laughs> Let's be friends. Okay, so we cut to Dean. He walks up the steps to the front door of Emmanuel's house and knocks. A man opens the door. Dean says, uh, hi, is this Daphne Allen's house? I'm looking for Emmanuel. Uh, I think I'm saying his name differently every single time, too. Oh, I don't know. Emmanuel. Whatever. <laughs> uh, the man says, well, you found him. Daphne's resting, if you don't mind. Dean says, oh, yeah, sure. Um, Emmanuel steps outside and closes the door. Dean says, so um, I was hoping... Um, through the window, Dean sees a woman who is bound to a chair and gagged. He looks back at Emmanuel, whose eyes have turned black. He's a demon. The demon grabs Dean and throws him against the door. The demon says, you were saying, Dean? Dean says, you know, I think twice. Or don't you know that your boss issued a hands-off memo? The demon laughs and says, please, what have you done from him lately? Roman's head on a plate? No. Whatever Emmanuel is, Crowley is... Crowley's going to want him a lot more than he wants you these days. So Dean stabs the demon with the demon killing knife. The demon yells and dies. Dean pushes the body down the stairs where a man is standing. It's the body of Jimmy Novak, Castiel's vessel. Hey. It's Castiel. <laughs> We've gone so long without him. Hello, friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's been too long. Okay. Emmanuel says, what was that? um cut to inside emmanuel's house emmanuel removes the gag and ropes binding daphne emmanuel says that creature hurt you daphne says i'm okay but emmanuel they're looking for you emmanuel says it's okay to dean he says i'm emmanuel <laughs> emmanuel holds out his hand and dean shakes it dean says uh dean i'm dean emmanuel says thanks for protecting my wife dean says your wife right Emmanuel, like, uh, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, why do you have a wife? <laughs> uh, How did you find one? <laughs> exactly. Emmanuel says, I saw his face, his real face. Dean says, he was a demon. Emmanuel says, a demon walked, walked the earth. Dean says, demons, whack loads of them. You don't know about? Uh, Daphne says to Emmanuel, you saw the demon's true face. To Dean, Daphne says, Emmanuel has very special gifts. Dean says, yeah, I heard about that, Emmanuel. You can heal people up. Emmanuel says, I seem to be able to help to a certain degree. What's your issue? Dean says, my brother. So I cut to Sam. He's lying on the bed with his eyes closed. A firecracker pops and Sam starts. Wake up little Susie by the Everly Brothers play. Lucifer lights a firecracker and tosses it on the floor by the bed. He says, you know, you're actually keeping it together better than I thought. Kind of the way someone pinned under a bus keeps it together. Sam says, none of this is real. Lucifer says, and yet, you know what really sucks? It doesn't really matter because I won. You're madness one. I mean, look at you. It's hard to believe you were the guy that saved the world once. 
An orderly named Marcus brings in a tray of food. Lucifer says, mmm, Sammy, what'll it be to get be today? Maggots again or tapeworm? Sam says, thanks. Marcus says, yeah, no problem. How you doing? Sam says, a little better. That girl, Marin? Marcus says, look, I'm not really supposed to talk about it. Let's just say, unlike you, she didn't get here because of no accident. Sam lies back down on the bed. Lucifer likes another firecracker and laughs when Sam flinches. Cut to Dean. Um, cut to Dean's car at night. Oh, I had a question here. Is this car baby? No. Okay. Because I just saw like dark car and that mm-hmm. was it. So he's no, still I looked not at it baby. Too. I was like, oh, she's not. No, no, never mind. You know, like. Okay. There he is. It's not there. <laughs> okay. So Dean is driving with Emmanuel in the passenger seat. Dean says, so Daphne, is that uh, your wife? Emmanuel says, she found me and cared for me. Dean says, meaning? Emmanuel says, oh, it's a strange story. You may not like it. Dean says, believe me, I will. Emmanuel says, a few months ago, she was a hiker by the river, um, and I wandered into her path, drenched and confused and unclothed. I had no memory. She said, God wanted her to find me. Dean says, so who named you Emmanuel? Emmanuel says, bouncybabynames.com. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Dean says, well, it's working for you. Must be weird not knowing who you are. Emmanuel says, well, it's my life and it's a good life. Dean says, yeah, well, what if you were some kind of, I don't know, bad guy? Emmanuel says, oh, I don't feel like a bad person. So we cut back to Sam. A Marin comes into the room and says, man, you must really be determined to wait out nap time. She holds up a chocolate bar and says, here. She tosses the chocolate bar into the bed and turns to leave. Sam says, wait, uh, share this with me. Marin says, thanks. I don't know why I'm thanking you for a candy bar I stole. Sam tries to tear the wrapper. <laughs> Sam tries to tear the wrapper and can't because of his injured hand. He says, so how long have you been here? Marin says, five weeks and counting, going for the record. Sam says, how come? Marin says, it doesn't matter. Sam says, that's a lot of bandages for it doesn't matter. Marin says, you want the doctor answer? I'm psychotically depressed to a suicidal ideation. Sam says, and the not doctor answer? Marin says, I feel like crap. I just want it to be over. Sam says, what? Marin says, everything. Come on, tell me I'm young and I have everything to live for. Sam says, why would you believe me? Marin says, true. I heard you're here because the voices won't let you sleep. Sam says, just one, really. Marin says, who is it? Like Charlie Manson or the devil? Sam says, kind of, yeah. Marin says, me too. I hear a voice. Sam says, is that why you set the fire? Marin says, who told you that? Sam says, no one. They're burns, right? Marin says, I didn't set the fire. He did. You know what? I don't even know why I'm talking. Sam says, Marin, it's okay. Marin says, no, it's not. You're crazier than I am. Charles Manson tells you what to do. At least it's my own brother. Sam says, it's your brother? Marin says, yes, it sucks when your dead brother saying, kill yourself to be with him or he'll do it for you. Marin leaves the room. It was strangely room. reminiscent of that one episode where the girl or with the, the phones and stuff and the computers and everything where they're like hearing from oh from, from dead people. Yeah. Yeah. Dead people calling and being uh-huh. like, kill yourself to be with me. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so we cut back to Dean. Emmanuel says, so your brother, Dean says, Sam, Emmanuel says, Sam, what's his diagnosis? Dean says, well, it's not exactly medical. Emmanuel says, that should be fine. I can cure illnesses of a spiritual origin. 
Dean says, spiritual? Okay, someone did this to him. Emmanuel says, you're angry. Dean says, well, yeah, dude broke my brother's head. Emmanuel says, he betrayed you, this dude. He was your friend? Dean says, yeah, well, he's gone. Emmanuel says, did you kill him? I sense that you kill a lot of people. Dean says, honestly, I don't know if he's dead. I just know that this whole thing couldn't be messier. You know, I used to be able to just shake this stuff off, you know, whatever it was. It might take me some time, but I always could. What Cass did, I just can't. I don't know why. Emmanuel says, well, it doesn't matter why. Dean says, of course it matters. Emmanuel says, no, you're not a machine, Dean. You're human. Your friend's name is Cass? That's an odd name. We it's cut to date. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we cut to daytime. Dean parks the car and gets out. Dean says, oh, hey, just sit tight. I'll be right out, okay? So um, inside the convenience store, Dean takes out his phone. He hears the door open and looks up in a mirror and sees a man walking towards him. He takes out his knife. The man shoves Dean into the wall, and Dean pushes the man into the refrigerator, shattering the glass door. As the man gets up, Dean stabs him with his knife. Um, and he dies. Dean picks up his phone and sees that the screen is broken. He says, oh, come on. Back in the flip phone days. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. So Dean walks to the next aisle and finds two more demons waiting for him. He swings the knife at one of them, uh, but the demon blocks his arm and then all, the knife flies to the floor. Dean punches the demon and it throws him into, into some shelves. While Dean is still on the floor, someone stabs the demon from behind. Black smoke pours from the mouth of the other demon as it leaves the body it was possessing. Dean says, Emmanuel, you son of a bitch. The dead demon falls to the floor, and we see that it is Meg who is holding Dean's knife. Well, hello. Meg says, Emmanuel, yeah, not so much. Dean says, Meg. Meg says, Dean, 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 you got some splaining to do. <laughs> Dean turns the store sign um, on the door around so it reads closed and pulls down the blinds. Meg says, rumors are really starting to fly about this Emmanuel fellow. My curiosity sure got revved up. Dean says, just tell me what you want, Meg. Meg says, imagine my surprise when I track him down and he's snuggled up with you. And he's a spitting image of poor dead Castiel. So, Dean, what's poor dead Castiel doing in that junker out there? Dean says, Christmas caroling. Meg says, fun, but how's he alive? Last I heard, he played God and went poof. Dean says, I don't know, and neither does he, so you got to keep it shut. Meg says, oh, I do. Dean says, he doesn't know he's cast. Meg says, I know, I've been watching you for hours. So here's the deal. You, re you might remember Crowley and me were frosty back in the day. Well, times haven't changed. Dean says, good. Meg says, that hurts my feelings, and I've been good to you, Dean. Dean says, no, you've been good to you, Sorry. sweetheart. <laughs> That's okay. Bless you. <laughs> Meg says, look, right now, Dean takes some items from the shelves and puts them in his jacket. Meg says, rumors of this uh, wandering healer are strictly low level, but body count's getting high enough to change that. Folks start poking, they sniff angel dust. Dean says, yeah, and they start falling all over each other to trying to tell Crowley. Meg says, now picture Crowley with his hands on harmless little amnesia cast. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to burn that smarmy dick. My time's coming, but right about now, my army of one situation is not cutting it. It's cold out here. There's a price on my ass and I need friends. Dean says, yeah, I get that, but I ain't it. Meg says, that's where you're wrong, Dean, because I'm here to help you. And that makes us friends. Dean says, help. Surprise, huh? you're my friend, whether you like it or not. <laughs> exactly. Jeez. 
Uh, Dean says, help, huh? You mean see if you can't turn little harmless Cass out there into an angel-sized weapon? Meg says, like you're taking him caroling. And by the way, you really want to keep going with no backup? Hey, I don't trust you either, but I could really use Emmanuel, and he trusts you. So for now, it's in everyone's best interest to hold hands and cross the street together, okay? Dean says, we go straight to Sam's. No detours. Meg says, love it. Dean says, and one more thing, my knife. Meg holds up the bloody knife and Dean takes it. But not without some resistance. He had to like pull it away from her hands. She's like, here, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everybody wants that knife. <sighs> it seems like it would not be that hard to make another one. You would think. I mean, unless it's like, what's the blade actually made of? You know? Yeah, I don't know. Like, because if it's not just like metal <clears throat> with some inscriptions on it, you know, like, why are there not like 20 of them already yeah seems like there should be i need to take a drink of water hold on here oh you're good i feel like yeah that would be like a mass produced thing mm -hmm. between the hunters or it should be anyways rather than just like oh yeah this one guy has this thing you know <laughs> it seems like something that like bobby would have taken care of too that that would have been like a bobby project oh for sure yeah yeah um okay meg says you sure we wouldn't be safer traveling with a full throttle angel i could jog his memory kidding we wouldn't want to upset the poor guy so dean and meg go outside and up to emmanuel emmanuel says her face she's one of meg says it's okay we come in different flavors dean says she's a a friend meg says meg just here for moral support i mean after all we go way back Dean and me just met you, of course, but I think we're going to be good friends too. <laughs> Dean says, all right, can we go? So we cut back to Sam. Marin walks down the hallway past Sam's room. Sam comes out to his doorway and says, Marin, Marin, hey, hold on. Uh, I'm sorry I upset you. She says, it's okay. Sam says, can I ask you something? Marin says, about? Sam says, the fire. Marin says, look, you mean well, but you have no idea Sam says, you said that you didn't start it. I believe you. I can help you, Marin, before he tries to hurt you again. They go into Sam's room. Lucifer is leaning against the wall. Marin says, you're worse. Your organs need sleep, you know. Your hair and your nails are going to fall out and your kidneys are going to shut down. I saw it in a movie. Sorry. <laughs> She's so positive. <laughs> I know. Like, She's all sorry. going to die. <laughs> Lucifer laughs. <laughs> Sam says, so um, your brother, when did he pass? Marin says, last year. Sam says, do you see him? Marin shakes her head. Sam says, so he just talks to you. I bet at first it wasn't so bad. You must have missed him. Did you just hear him at the house? Marin says, here too, whenever I'm alone. I can always tell he's coming because I get these chills. Sam says, you feel cold. Marin says, yeah, I mean, you're right. At first it's like, I knew I was crazy, but I didn't really care. I did miss him, but then he started saying he was lonely, and he started to get mad, and one day he started yelling, and I tried to run, but the door was locked, and when I turned around, the whole room was on fire. I barely got out. How can you help me? Sam says, I can put your brother to rest. He's, um, he's stuck here. Marin says, for real? Like, Sam says, like he's a ghost. Marin says, why should I trust you? Sam says, because it's your only shot. He's like, what energy also do I have to lie about this? <laughs> I know. Marin. Like, I have no, like, there's no ulterior motives. Like, I just, I got to do some things because I can't sleep, you know? Yeah. Marin just says, okay. <laughs> Sam says, okay, so your brother, was he cremated, buried? 
Marin says, we cremated him. Sam says, and do you have anything of his? Marin touches a bracelet she's wearing and says, this, he made it for me with a busted hand too. Sliced it open doing stupid archery. Sam says, he bled on it? Marin says, probably. Sam says, good, that's that's good. Marin like, says, <laughs> yeah, Marin says, why is that good? Sam says, one more question. Is there any chance in hell you got a lighter? <laughs> so we cut to Dean, it's nighttime. He's driving. Emmanuel's in the passenger seat and Meg is in the back seat. Uh, Emmanuel says, this silence is very uncomfortable. Is there something I should know? Meg <laughs> says, I don't know. Dean? Dean says, no. Meg has that effect. Awkward, you know? Emmanuel says, that must be difficult for you. Meg says, <laughs> <It's just like laughs> a <poor thing. laughs> I know. <laughs> Meg says, Dean's making a joke, Emmanuel. Emmanuel says, oh. And so we cut to Sam. Marin comes into Sam's room holding up a cigarette lighter. Sam says, nice. Where'd you score that? Marin says, grabbed it out of Marcus's pocket. Uh, being locked up is really turning me into a decent criminal. Sam closes the door and barricades it with a chair. He says, we're laying down a circle. Help me open these, okay? They use small containers of salt to make a salt circle. Sam looks up and sees Hallucifer blowing on the salt. Sam leans back against the wall and says, you're going to have to do this on your own. It's okay. I'm okay. I'm just having a little, Hallucifer says, brown acid moment. He literally just blew him over. That was <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. He's so tired. He's just like, and then there he went. <laughs> Sam was like, oh, I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. Please don't knock me out again. <laughs> I don't have my helmet on. He never does. <laughs> uh, uh, Sam says, dizzy thing. It'll pass. Hallucifer says, definitely, when your heart stops. Then Sam and Marin are standing in the small salt circle. Sam says, great. Now stay with me in the circle, no matter what. No matter what happens, okay? Marin says, what's going to happen? Sam says, give me the bracelet. The lights flicker and Sam and Marin's breath become visible. The ghost of Marin's brother appears. The ghost says, Marin, don't do this, please. Sam says, Marin, give me the bracelet. Marin says, I'm so sorry. I have to. She breaks the bracelet off her wrist and gives it to Sam. The room shakes, the door flies open, and the lights explode. Sam lights the bracelet and the ghost burns up. Sam says, you gotta go. Marin, oh no, sorry, that was awkward. Okay, I'll say that differently. Sam says, you got to go. Let's go. Get out of here. Marin says, thank you. And I she leaves. Mm, you got to go. <laughs> Beware, you're going to get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Fine, but you should probably leave. <laughs> you got to go. Uh, okay, so two orderlies come in and grab Sam. We see white light, which becomes Dr. Kadinsky shining a flashlight into Sam's face. Hallucifer is standing behind Dr. Kadinsky. Uh, Dr. Kadinsky says, Sam, how are you feeling now? Hallucifer says, his soul is broken, Doc. Can you give him a pill? Dr. Kadinsky says, I can't give you any more medication. The potential for overdose is too great. Uh, we need to talk about surgical solutions. Sam says, surgical? Hallucifer says, ooh, lobotomy? Please Dr. no ice picks. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Kadinsky says, it's okay. We're not talking lobotomy here. Hallucifer says, darn. Dr. Kadinsky says, Sam, are you with me? Sam? But we see nothing but white light again. So we cut to Dean later that night. He turns off the car engine and gets out of the car. Um, a half dozen people are standing around the emergency entrance to the hospital. Dean walks around the car and joins Emmanuel and Meg. Emmanuel says, oh, gracious. 
<laughs> oh no <laughs> I have no idea what he says that about that's so funny <laughs> Sam looks through binoculars to the people outside the emergency entrance Meg says damn it demons Dean says all of them Meg says no grass growing under your feet She's like okay stupid <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Emmanuel says how many of those knives do you have Dean says just the one Emmanuel says well then forgive me but what do we do Meg says, yeah, Dean, got any other ideas how we could blast through that? Dean says, excuse us, Meg. Meg says, oh, for the love of Dean and Meg walk a short distance away. Meg says, Sam's in there. I know you're enjoying the double dip with your old pal, but Dean says, you think that you think it's that cut and dry? Really? You know what he did. And you want to tell him and just hope that he takes it in stride. He could snap. He could disappear. Who knows? Emmanuel has been eavesdropping. He says, I gather we know each other. Meg says, just a dollop. Emmanuel says, you can tell me. I'll be fine. Dean says, how do you know? You just met yourself. I've known you for years. <laughs> Meg says, you're an angel. Uh, Emmanuel says, I'm sorry. Is that a flirtation? Meg says, no, it's a species, a very powerful one. Dean says, <laughs> He's like, are you flirting with are you me? flirting <laughs> with me? <laughs> Dean says, she's not lying. Okay. That's why you heal people. You don't eat. I'm sure there's more. Emmanuel says, why wouldn't you tell me? Being an angel, it sounds pleasant. Dean says, it's not. Trust me. It's bloody. It's corrupt. It's not pleasant. Meg said, he would know. You used to fight together. Bestest friends, actually. Emmanuel says, we're friends? Am I Cass? I had no idea. I don't remember you. I'm sorry. Meg says, look, you got the juice. You can smite every demon in that lot. Emmanuel says, but I don't remember how. Dean says, it's in there. I'm sure it's just like riding a bike. Emmanuel says, I don't know how to do that either. All right, I'll try. Dean says, this ain't going to go well. Meg says, I don't know. I believe in the little tree topper. <laughs> tree topper. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so cute. Cass approaches the demons. One says, hey, I know you. You're dead. Cass says, yes, I've heard. Um, Cass grabs like, the thanks. demons. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cass grabs the demons by the front of his shirt. He puts a hand on the demon's head and the demon screams as white light explodes from his face. Cass flashes back to his time as um, to his time in episode four or season four, episode one, Lazarus Rising. Um, in the present, Cass smites two demons simultaneously with a hand to each of their faces. He flashes, his flashbacks continue of him helping Dean in season four, episode 22, Lucifer Rising, breaking the wall in Sam's head and being handed a jar of blood by Crowley in season six, episode 22, The Man Who Knew Too Much. Uh, Cass says, I'm sorry, Dean. Meg says, that's my boy. One of the demons tries to run away, but Cass appears right in front of him. Cass says, I don't think running will save you. Cass puts a, nice try. <laughs> yeah. Cass puts a hand to the demon's head and smites him. Dean and Meg walk up to join him. Meg says, That was beautiful, Clarence. <laughs> Dean says, Cass? Cass says, I remember you. He turns to face Dean and says, I remember everything. What I did, what I became. Why didn't you tell me? Dean says, Because Sam is dying in there. Cass says, Because of me, everything, all these people. I shouldn't be here. And Cass starts to walk to, to walk away. Dean says, Cass, Cass, to Meg, he says, you stay here. And he calls after Castiel again. So we cut to Sam. He's being wheeled down a hallway on a hospital bed by the orderly Marcus. They go inside a room. Sam says, where, where are we? Marcus says, Electro, electroshock therapy. Yuck. Yep. 
Let's just get you settled. Don't be freaked. I've seen this help a lot of people. Sam says, uh, my brother. Marcus puts a mouth guard in Sam's mouth and says, bite down. Marcus turns on the machine. He says, ordinarily, they keep this thing set on low, but I was thinking we could experiment a little. What do you say, Sam? Marcus puts the electrode helmet on Sam's head. Oh, he's finally getting a helmet. <laughs> I know. Not Well, it's not really a helmet, though. Yeah. More of a headband. <laughs> but it's the most head covering he's had in a while. That's <laughs> true. His hair. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Marcus says, let's get that head strapped in. And his eyes turn black. Cut back to Dean. Cass is walking away from the hospital with Dean close behind. Dean says, if you remember, then you know uh, you did the best you could at the time. Cass says, don't defend me. You have any idea the death toll in heaven on earth? Cass stops and turns to face Dean. He says, we didn't part friends, Dean. Dean says, so what? Cass says, I deserve to die. Now I can't possibly fix it. So why did I even walk out of that river? Dean says, maybe to fix it. Wait. Dean opens the trunk of the car and takes out Castile's trench coat that he's kept with him all this time. He's he's just, he's just been putting it in, in like different cars as he switches cars. Because you never know when he's going to need his jacket. <laughs> I just thought that was so cute. <laughs> like my buddy. He's I mean, just, he's got, he's a, uh, he keeps things from people like Bobby's, you know, like Bobby's flask and, you know, Cass's coat, you know, that sort of stuff. Like he, he's a mm -hmm. collector. He, yeah. He's a memento guy, you know? Yeah. Okay, so, like, I wonder what he has from, like, Ben and Lisa. Oh. Like, what, what do you think he would have? Maybe, like, have a photo no or something? Yeah, probably a photo. Yeah. Oh, that's sad to think about. I don't want to think about it too much, but. <laughs> I know. That's no, sad. Okay. Um, okay, so he holds it out to Cass. We come back to Sam. He's strapped to the bed and shaking from the electric shocks. Marcus says, amazing. You just take, you just, <laughs> you just... <laughs> amazing. <laughs> you just take those lickings, don't you, kid? Well, if it's meat, you can cook it. You just got to turn up the heat. Marcus turns uh, toward the electroshock machine, but Castiel is there. He puts a hand on Marcus's head and smites him. Marcus falls to the ground with his eyes burned out. Cass turns off the electroshock machine and takes away the electrodes on Sam's head and its mouth guard. Cass says, I never should have broken your wall, Sam. I'm here to make it right. He touches Sam's head, but Sam doesn't look better. Sam sees Hallucifer in Castiel's place. Sam says, you're not real. Cass says, oh, Sam, I'm so sorry. Hallucifer, um, oh, we cut to Sam's room to sometime later. Hallucifer is sitting in a chair next to Sam's bed holding the book, Three Little Pigs. Lucifer says, I see that third little pig was smart. Went out and got some bricks. Dean and Cass are standing in the room. The chair next to Sam's bed is empty. Dean says, what the hell do you mean you can't? Cass says, I mean, there's nothing left to rebuild. Dean says, why not? Cass says, because it crumbled. The pieces got crushed to dust by whatever's happening inside its head right now. Dean says, so you're saying there's nothing, but he's going to be like this until his candle blows out. Cass says, I'm sorry. This isn't a problem I can make disappear. And you know that. But I may be able to shift it. Dean says, shift? Cass says, yeah, it would get Sam back on his feet. Cass sits on the bed close to Sam. Uh, Cass says, it's better this way. I'll be fine. Sam flinches. 
Dean says, wait, Cass, what are you doing? Cass says, now Sam. But Sam sees Hallucifer saying these words. Hallucifer says, this may hurt. And I can't. And if I can't tell you again, Cass says, I'm sorry I ever did this to you. Cass puts its hand on Sam's head. Sam groans in pain and his face and eyes glow red. The red travels up Castiel's arm and face and his eyes turn red. Dean says, Sam? Dean walks around the bed to the other side. Sam says, Dean? Dean says, Sam? <laughs> Sam, says, <laughs> <laughs> Sam says, Cass? Cass, is that you? But Cass sees Hallucifer on the bed in Sam's place. Hallucifer says, hello, brother. Cass stands up and backs away in horror. Sam and Dean look at each other with confusion. Hallucifer laughs. We cut to daytime. Sam and Dean leave the hospital. Um, Sam says, I don't know. I mean, we can't just leave him there. Dean says, well, we can't bring him with us. Everything on the planet's out for us, okay? Um, inside the hospital, Castiel is sitting sadly on the edge of the bed, dressed in white hospital clothes. Dean says, word gets out. We can't protect him. Not really. This is safer. Sam and Dean walk to the car. Dean says, every demon who knows about Cass is dead. Sam says, not everyone. Look, Dean, this whole enemy of my enemy is my friend thing feels kind of like a demon deal. Dean says, it's not a deal. It's, Sam says, it's what? Dean says, mutually assured destruction. Look, man, I get it. She's not our friend. We don't even have friends. All our friends are dead. Jeez. He's so happy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Dean gets into the car. Inside the hospital, Dr. Kudinsky is sitting at his desk reading a piece of paper. He says, well, you certainly have experience. I'm impressed. Tell me, why do you want to join our staff? Meg says, I really just want to help the patients, watch over them, not to be immodest, but I feel like I'd make a great fit. Dr. Kudinsky says, I can't argue with that. And he stands up and, and shake, he stands up and offers Meg his hand. He says, welcome to the team, nurse masters. And credits. <laughs> okay, so my thoughts. My very first one is, Sammy, just say no to drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are you doing, man? <laughs> like, he's like, oh, do you want this like really strong stuff that will make you pass out and you have no idea what you're taking? He's just like, sure. You know, <laughs> and you know, the guy didn't just give it to him. He probably, how much did he have to pay for this? You know? Yeah. And then like, just gets woken up anyways. <laughs> yep. But that's got to be really unfortunate. Probably you spent, I mean, not that any of their money is actually theirs, but still. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he probably spent a fair amount of it getting whatever it was that he got, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't even know what would make you sleep like that. I don't know my drugs. I don't know either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I, ketamine? I don't know. I am just guessing. <laughs> I've never <laughs> taken mean, ketamine. You know it's not yeah. <laughs> that's right other than that I don't I don't really know I had a friend once who did ketamine oh, yeah. and yeah and uh he said that you fall into something called a k-hole what <laughs> a ketamine hole oh good where things are weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah I wouldn't expect like, and that's the most I know about you, that drug. <laughs> yeah, like if nothing happened to you when you were taking any drug, why would you take it? You know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like, oh, nothing really happened. 
okay well then what's the point you know yeah exactly (laughs) whatever though it's fine (laughs) (laughs) also i i have learned in this episode that (laughs) satan's version of torture is annoying people to death (laughs) (laughs) he literally annoys them to death that's what he does he annoys them until they just die I was annoyed. <laughs> I was annoyed by Satan to death. <laughs> <laughs> and I literally couldn't sleep because he annoyed me so much. And uh, then I just died. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wonder if Sam would have engaged with him like he wanted, if he would have not been so annoying. But I realize that it's all in his head anyways. So Yeah, well, and I feel like if he were to engage, <laughs> just take him down a whole different bunny trail because then he's like full on talking and, you know, reacting to, to nobody, something that yeah. isn't there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. He would have been locked up in the loony bin a lot sooner and for a lot longer. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it just, yeah. Still, I would have tried it at least to be like, I'm already locked up in the loony bin right now. Yeah, like- I might as well. Yeah, might as well be like, so Lucy, how are you today? (laughs) I I feel like, but the thing is, is that he's trying to torture you. So instead of just annoying Mm -hmm. you, he might actually like start torturing you, torturing you. Oh yeah, that's not okay. Which I would rather be annoyed. Yeah. Just be like, hey, anybody would me, then like, (laughs) you're in fire, you know, like yeah, or whatever, you know. But yeah, not so good. Also, Kasson looks so good in the sweater. <laughs> oh, like I was thinking right. the opposite. I was no. like, I was digging the sweater. You I was gonna like a mention three-year-old, <laughs> but like a hot giant three-year-old. <laughs> it's not a good look. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. I, I mean, I wouldn't I liked say it, a lot. it was awful, but like. He looks very stuffy and like, I don't know. It's just not, it's just not right. It's not the right look for him. Yeah. I, I dug it. I also liked his hair. Thought he the was hair doing was okay. fine. The hair, yeah. I was like, whatever. Okay. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's good. But like, it was the sweater. Like everything else was okay, but that sweater was just too much. <laughs> I liked it. It made me want to cuddle, you know? Oh, well, I mean, yeah. there you go. I was just kind of like, oh, you look like you're on your first date to Montessori school, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but in a hot way. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. And I was so, <laughs> as I was watching this episode, so you've seen the meme where it's just Sam sitting there in his all white, just looking like kind of confused, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh what's going on it's like uh, satan's trying to hang a pinata but he can't reach the ceiling you know yeah i saw that like moment in the episode and i was like pinata he's trying to hang a pinata it's a party (laughs) yeah anyways that was yeah 
felt like, okay, one of the first thing once like Sam's crazy has been transferred to Cass, like get that guy a nap, you know? <laughs> like, oh, why I know. is he not already asleep? Uh, yeah, I had that thought too. Like, why is he up and walking around? Like, lay the fuck down. I know they're like, it's not for like it's bit. been time. Like, they're like, we can't just leave him here. And it's like, clearly, it's been enough time to be like, this guy's insane. Let's get him checked in, you know. And they got him all checked in, which could probably take hours, you mm-hmm. know. Who even knows if it's like that day? I mean, who know? I don't know the process. Like. But either way, like Sam seems to be functional and he still hasn't gotten any sleep. <laughs> Maybe he did get sleep while all that was happening. We don't know. Possible, but like a couple hours potentially is not going to be enough when you're oh, in that no. much of a deficit. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. So I don't know. Like give him a nap. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Good> grief. <laughs> so what was your favorite moment from this episode? My favorite moment was totally when... Sam bought drugs from the drug dealer (laughs) and they went and slept in who knows whose car that was they were just like drug dealers just like hey let's get in this car and go to sleep like how safe is that not very (laughs) yeah I just thought it was so stupid of Sam to do that but I'm still my favorite moment I mean Yes. Also at the same time, I guess you got to think too, which I didn't really, you know, think about before. Like if you are that tired, you will take whatever somebody will give you to go to sleep and you will sleep wherever it is possible. You know, (laughs) that's true. So, you know, that, that, that just shows you how, how like bad it really was, you know, it's just like, I don't care. I'll sleep in a car with a drug dealer. Let's go. Yeah. It's fine. (laughs) Could something awful happen to me? Definitely. Yeah. Do I care? No. No, because I just want some motherfucking sleep. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, oh man. What yeah. was your favorite moment? Um, so mine was all of like Cass's social references that he didn't get. You know, like he, he just like could not read the room. <laughs> yeah like this is awkward for me is it awkward for you like I don't know you know the silence is very uncomfortable it's like (laughs) yeah like read the room you don't talk about it (laughs) you just ignore it until it goes away (laughs) usually you know but yeah and then when when Meg called Cass a little tree topper oh yeah that was pretty great I like that like the whole I love the whole like Meg Cass dynamic you Mm -hmm. know because like Meg is hilarious and very quick-witted and like Cass is not (laughs) (laughs) he doesn't he is not quick with most things like he has to think about it and usually out loud (laughs) yeah and like you know he's just like he's always a few steps behind everybody so it's just kind of funny to have somebody that's that quick mixed with somebody that's not Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) It's, it's hard for me to way. like mesh this veg, this veg. Wow. No, the what? <laughs> this Meg. Uh, I almost called her something way different. <laughs> I was like, that was one step close to a bad decision. <laughs> I <laughs> step away from a bad hard. decision. Whatever. <laughs> I I'm <fight> tired. <laughs> 
don't know what's happening. <laughs> but would you sleep in a car with a drug dealer? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I feel like I would be like, give me the drugs. I'm going to go find a place to take them and pass out. Yeah. Kind of safe. Not mm-hmm. just like, well, I guess I'm going to crawl in this car right now. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, that seems like a good plan. <laughs> Oh my God. My doctor prescribed me Ambien and I was too afraid of the side effects to take it. But like you have to, because <laughs> you've got to sleep. I Not know. that you don't. I am sleeping now. I was, there was a time when I wasn't sleeping, but I am now. Yeah. So it's all good. But I was just like afraid. Someone, someone told me that like the most they ever did was go and get a snack in the middle of the night without I've heard a lot it. of snacking ambience. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, oh my God, what if I like murder somebody? Oh no. You know, you usually sleepwalk to the kitchen. That's everybody no. that I know. There's like, a whole ambient psychosis thing that can happen. Like it's in the paperwork. Oh, well, like definitely, you can go like, bananas. Like I, I know a lot of people that have taken Ambien because, mm-hmm. you know, like back when I was, you know, in the PT clinic, like, people have to list all their you know medications and all that sort of stuff which normally it's like something like ambient it's like okay whatever you know like that's not going to affect anything that I'm doing but like they would like randomly talk about it every once in a while and be like I ate so much food last night and I didn't even know until I woke up and saw rappers everywhere you know or like oh my God. <laughs> you know like and that was all like that was most of the stories we were like mm-hmm. I left the fridge open or you know and then there was like destruction in there or you know, like, yeah just like what did I do you know like I feel like I can't eat during the day because I eat like 800 like million calories a night you know like yeah but yeah yeah. I just got too freaked out so didn't do it yeah I I don't know if I would I feel like because Travis is a light enough sleeper that like I could I would just be like, okay. Cause here's the thing was with me taking any new medication that I haven't taken before. I'm like, watch me, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, just like, make sure I don't die or I don't do anything crazy. You know, like mm-hmm. even if it's something stupid, like, you know, I don't even know, like an allergy pill or something that I haven't taken before. I'm like, what happens if it all goes wrong? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, I feel like I could, as long as I was like, you need to like, if I twitch, know what I'm doing, you know? Like- <laughs> I was thinking that too, that like Eric could watch me while I took the Ambien, but yeah. what if I, but I, what if I said something like, like mean to him or something? Well, I mean, that would be Ambien related. I don't think he would take it seriously. <laughs> I know, but I would, I just, I don't know. I just got too freaked out about it and was like, I can't handle it. Like, I can't be mean to Eric. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't think, I mean, is it really mean if you like are not in control of anything that you're doing? You know, it's like people mm-hmm. when they're coming out of anesthesia or something like that, like they're, they can't be held responsible for their actions because they have no idea what's happening. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so yeah I just didn't want to so yeah yeah I mean as long as you're sleeping (laughs) I'm sleeping with the help of marijuana woo hey (laughs) (laughs) but I sleep so sleep is good (laughs) yep 
not so, sleeping next to drug dealers. <laughs> That's a good thing. Good job, Lynn. Thank you. <laughs> no sleeping next to drug dealers. <laughs> I have. Well, <laughs> now that I think about with it, that interesting fact. Let's move on to our interesting facts from the episode. <laughs> We should talk about that in our <laughs> in our outtakes. Okay. <laughs> I'm writing it down right now because let's be real, I'm gonna forget. Sleeping next to drug dealer. <laughs> okay. Uh, so our interesting facts. <laughs> Um, the first one, it says the name Emmanuel means God with us. The string game that Lucifer is playing is called a Jacob's ladder. Um, oh. In Genesis 28, 10, Jacob dreams that he sees a ladder connecting heaven and earth with angels going up and down the ladder, which I didn't necessarily know that, but have you ever done like cat's cradle before? With yeah, the that's what I said games? it was. was yeah, a cat's like cradle. Jacob's ladder is like part of that. That's one of the little like string contraptions you can come up with okay cool but i didn't know that was like actually a thing i thought it was just having to do with cat's cradle Mm -hmm. um so it says meg's face and body is noticeably swollen when her character returns um this is because her actress rachel minor had sustained a back injury while filming supernatural caged heat um from 2010 which is episode 10 of season six and was taking medication for the injury oh wow do you think they like wrote her out for a little while because of that or do you think that was like her character's supposed that was her like intended storyline they probably wrote her out for a little bit that would suck yeah i like her she's cool Mm -hmm. um so it says the title of this episode is a play with the title of the movie um Wait, the title of this episode is a play with the title of the movie, The Born Identity. I didn't know it was a play. I just thought it was a movie. No, no, no. I think they're saying it's a play on the title, The Born Identity. Maybe. They didn't write that very well. (laughs) (laughs) No, they didn't. (laughs) I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. That makes more sense when you put it that way. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I was like, I didn't know there was a play. Yeah, no, I don't think there's a play. We good. I'm caught up. Uh, can you imagine a play of the born identity no i don't, I don't really like remember it too know much the movie but i just know it's like an action movie so like imagine the crazy that would be happening yeah the whole time you know um it says in this episode dean is driving a black 1970 dodge charger oh, um, okay. it's the 12th episode to not feature the impala the 11th episode in a row um not to feature it other than the flashback from repo man uh it says casey rolls character marin um has bandages on her neck her character in hannibal from 2013 also has a bandage on her neck for at least a portion of the series run oh i love hannibal hannibal is totally a show you should watch if you can handle cannibalism (laughs) i don't know i've never really like attempted it it's watching any of that you know it's a great show so yeah. good yeah yeah um it says meg refers to emmanuel slash castiel as a tree topper um it's a 
it's traditional to decorate a Christmas tree with a little angel at the top. <laughs> oh, yeah, we put my my stuffed Castiel on top of our tree next to Cthulhu. Isn't he like sitting in Cthulhu's lap a lot of times too? Yeah, we try and kind of just mesh them together so that <laughs> they They're stay, to, stay up right. There. Yeah. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Meg tells Dean you've got some splainin' to do. Um, she's quoting from the 1950s TV classic, I Love Lucy. Um, this is the return of Misha Collins as Castio. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's a, and the last one is, it says, as Sam and Dean leave the mental hospital at the end, the music playing in the background is an instrumental introduction to Michael Andrews' song, Mad World. Oh, I didn't Which, know that. I don't know. At you all. you don't probably think. do know that song you, if you heard it. Possible. There's a lot of songs that, like, I've discovered I'm really bad with the names of songs, but, like, or like artists even too but if somebody like plays me the song I'm like oh I know that song but I have no idea who sings it or <laughs> what it's called or anything like that you know so yeah. it's possible yeah it reminds me of Donnie Darko did you ever see that movie nope I've heard the name okay but no clue I, I mean I could have been like yeah that sounds familiar is that a singer like is that a <laughs> you know like who knows you know <laughs> We'll have to watch that one. It's pretty good and weird. Yeah. Um, we got to just add that to the list of all the, you know, hundreds of movies that I haven't mm-hmm. watched at this point. <laughs> 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 so for our research from this week, um, this is off of uncovercolorado.com. Um, and it's seven haunted places in Colorado for ghost sightings. Um, it says haunted and spooky places are located all around the world and Colorado is no exception. It's one place high elevation state. What? That doesn't make any sense. I'm going to go with it's what the high. It says it's one place high elevation state that offers some great paranormal activity. Oh. Sentence doesn't really work. Mm-mm. I'm going to say they meant to say something to, along the lines of the high elevation state has some great paranormal activity. <laughs> We're going to go with that. Okay. <laughs> it says ghost sightings are reported at numerous locations across the state, both indoors and out. If you're traveling to Colorado and want to explore the spookiest places it has on offer, we've compiled some of the favorites. Here are some of the scariest spots ranging from absolute mining towns or obsolete mining towns, sorry. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, what? Not a word. I just read that completely wrong. And century-old hotels to ethereal blah, blah, cemeteries and homes of ill-fated events. I feel like I'm really tongue-tied. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> During the months of September and October, those around the Mile High City can terrify themselves at one of Denver's spookiest haunted houses. So... It says haunted places in Colorado are located from Denver to Aspen and everywhere in between. People report ghostly sightings um, at a number of the following locations. The first one is Cheeseman Park. Oh. (laughs) Very odd. (laughs) Um, It says it's one of the most delightful recreational areas in Denver, a paramount spot for jogging, picnicking, and enjoying yourselves. However, originally Cheeseman Park established on the top of a cemetery or Cheeseman Park was established on top of a cemetery known as Mount Prospect Graveyard. 
Um, in 2010, workers were digging channels for the garden's irrigation system, found four human skeletons out of the, and found four human skeletons out of the abandoned graveyard. Whoever uh. wrote this, I am sorry, but like their grammar is horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm literally having to like try and correct the sentences as I read them. <laughs> so they make sense. Um, <laughs> It says many people who visited this place have reported frightening and ghostly experiences with some reports of seeing many apparitions walking the park at night. <laughs> it says walking the park of a night. <laughs> what? <laughs> we choose, cho- choose, chosen. We choose an excellent article. <laughs> we choose a good one. <laughs> it was interesting. It's not written well. But... Yep. And they can't all be winners. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Internet. <laughs> yep. Uh, so the next one is the Stanley Hotel. Um, it says the list of spookiest places wouldn't be <laughs> complete <laughs> if we didn't mention the Stanley Hotel. This hotel is situated in Estes or Estes, maybe, Park, and is teamed uh, or is teeming with ghostly and frightening stories. <laughs> is teamed with oh lord okay um <laughs> in accordance with the staff working there um for a long time four spirits more often than not have been found roaming in the corridors um called and they're called eddie elizabeth paul and lucy oh <laughs> um um the concert hall is particularly believe <sighs> is particularly <laughs> they don't oh my god what even happened here? I thought we screened this article. I thought we did too, but apparently my brain just like filled in the blanks and was like, I know what they're trying to say. And when I actually try and read it, it's awful. So there's a lot of paranormal and ghost-like activities in the concert hall. There's laughter, mysterious footsteps, echoes, chilly drafts, and lights flickering to greet the visitors. Um, It says, if Stanley isn't the only haunted hotel in Colorado, there are more below and more still after that. Uh, So Hotel Colorado is, it says, various 19th century accommodations are located in Colorado. However, not many could live up to the hospital or live up to the hospital in the course of the Second World War, which hosted uh, 500 wo- wounded military soldiers in its slot. Okay. Um, nor could they claim of the massive basement ovens, which functioned as a cemetery for the dead. Uh. That sentence, whatever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Alas, <laughs> in the heart of Glenwood <laughs> Springs, Hotel Colorado could say that and much more. The hotel is reputed as a ghostly place. In addition, the spirits of the Indian dwellers who hung around before their final exile have also contributed to this spooky reputation. Many people have heard strange noises and have seen paranormal activity with things moving and apparitions appearing. Hmm. Hotel Jerome. That's sounds fancy. <laughs> it does. It says it's second to none when we talk about the spookiest and ghostliest places in Colorado. It offers a calm and luxurious stay in the township of Aspen. It's famous for its exceptional blend of historical heritage and contemporary luxury. In 1880, the biggest silver nugget was extracted, <laughs> nugget's a fun <laughs> word, <laughs> was extracted from the indigenous smuggler mine. And, and subsequent to that, 
1889, the Aspen town was established on top of the silver mine. The hotel kept on thriving with people until the mines closed down. After that, the hotel space was refurbished to become the hot spot of the social life of the town. The hotel is rumored to have a boy's ghost who drowned and died in its swimming pool. Hmm. It's said that the boy will appear randomly and stare at visitors. <laughs> oh, God. I don't just like, like it. Some boy just like, hey, I'm looking at you. <laughs> hey. You know, like, Creepy. Eh. <laughs> um, this one, the next one is Highlands Ranch Mansion. That's a hard one to say. Um, in 1891, this castle-like sprawling stone house was built by J.W. Springer. <laughs> um, I just, Jerry Springer. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not, but <laughs> I can't help it. It could be. <laughs> maybe it's like, there. maybe there's a lot of Jerry Springers. Maybe there's a line of Jerry Springers. Do we know this? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it says a well-heeled Easterner. I don't know what that means. Like I don't either. E E L E D. I don't know. I got who, nothing. I, I got nothing either. Who set up the cattle ranch in Cross Country Horse, uh, which is uh, the name of another place? I'm assuming because it's all capitalized. Um, <laughs> in 1926, F. Kistler bought the Highlands Ranch Mansion, and his daughter Julia's ghost is alleged, or is alleged to haunt this house from then on. Many people claim they've heard her sobs and have seen her silhouetted, silhouetted, silhouetted <laughs> figure, even when the place was vacant. Between the grammar and my own brain, we're just doing real well. <laughs> You're doing fine. <laughs> this is, uh, I'm not, uh, okay. Oh, we're fine. Okay, so the next one is the Molly Brown House. It says surprisingly molly brown was one of the titanic survivors um she was renowned for her charitable philanthrop philanthropic and humanitarian socialite status um people visit her house frequently and have reported the spirit's activity there her house is one of the most popular haunted spots in colorado to visit when looking for paranormal activity doesn't say what the paranormal activity is but there is some there apparently okay um the next one is the Museum of Colorado Prisons. Um, it says the Museum of Colorado Prisons was initially known as the Colorado Territorial Penitentiary when it was opened in 1871. The three-story establishment was known to not have any walls and inmates were instructed to return to the facility at a certain hour or risk getting locked out. What? <laughs> But there's no walls. They just let them go willy-nilly during the day and just expect them to come back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't but, understand how there's no walls. I know. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, maybe, like, there wasn't walls to the building, but maybe there was, like, walls to the outside or something, so they still couldn't escape, but, like... If you wanted to sleep inside at night, you had to come back in at a certain time. That's the only thing I could figure. Okay. I don't get it. It doesn't really fine. make any sense to me, but whatever. Yeah. Because you cannot have a three-story establishment without walls because <laughs> people <laughs> would fall off. It'd be dark and they just whoop, right off the edge. You know? Exactly. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, it says the specialty museum was officially unveiled in 1982 as part of the Colorado Women's Prison, which replaced the Territorial Penitentiary. Aside from its 
its historical value, however, people who have visited the Museum of Colorado Prisons can also feel a lingering presence in some parts of the establishment. The old laundry room appears to smell of tobacco that isn't anywhere near the vicinity, and cold spots plague the area. In the vacant cell number 19, visitors can sometimes hear coughing and pictures feature and pictures featuring ghost orbs that appear to be in the empty cell. Oh, I'm guessing they mean when you take pictures, there's orbs. Oh, okay. Not that you see them, but when, okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It says, if you're any sort of a horror fan, the Centennial State could be your next destination. Plan a trip and prepare your mind for the adventures coming your way. Seek out our bucket list of the spookiest places in Colorado and satisfy your horror buds. Most likely to give you the goosebumps. <laughs> hmm. Anyways, you know that was rough. <laughs> That's okay. That is okay. <laughs> so what was your idiot or aspect moment uh, for this week? Okay, well, the other week I thought that I had COVID. And so I went and got tested and they were like, you know, you should get your results in 24 hours. So self-isolate until then. So mm-hmm. I was like, yay, movie time. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to watch all of the things on Netflix. <laughs> and no one can stop me or interrupt me. <laughs> so there. <laughs> I know. So um, I decided to watch Annabelle creation which is like the third Annabelle movie but it's a prequel to all of them it's like how she gets made and all of that okay and I was like I can watch a scary movie by myself it's the middle of the day you know that's fine so I watched it and it Mm -hmm. was fine and Mm -hmm. it was scary but like it wasn't too scary for me yeah so so I get my results back and they're negative and okay I was like Eric we gotta watch this movie like you've seen all the other Annabelle movies like you have to watch this movie yeah and so it was like a Saturday night and you know Killy's asleep obviously yeah and um it was too scary for me (laughs) the second time around I don't know if it was because it was nighttime or what but it was too scary like I freaked out I had to take a Xanax afterwards oh geez (laughs) to go to sleep Jeez. yeah so well there's that (laughs) yeah (laughs) those movies are terrifying man I don't know have I seen any of those I don't think so but we'll we'll watch them what is it that you and I we watched well we I don't think we finished that Robert the Doll one, did we? No, we didn't. I can't remember why. I think we just got too tired. Yeah. So I think we started that at the very least. Because I was going to say, I don't remember any of it. I think we watched like 20 minutes of it. <laughs> I don't remember any of it. I remember like the... Oh, the... Nanny maid, whatever she was that like gave the doll to the boy and oh right I remember like it was just kind of starting like some weird things were starting to happen and they weren't sure like quite what it was yet like they were kind of thinking maybe it's the doll but not Mm -hmm. totally sure you know like there's no way it can't be the doll you know yeah and yeah so I think like that's pretty much where we left off which was like nothing had really things were starting to happen yeah yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. We should watch the Annabelle movies. The first one is boring. It's like so slow. You've got to go through like an hour before something exciting happens. And when it's, and when it's, when it does happen, it's scary as shit, you know, (laughs) like it's terrifying. And then the second movie, Annabelle comes home is so much fun. Oh my gosh. It's actually (laughs) filmed in, um, Ed and Lorraine Warren's place like oh, most okay. of it yeah mm-hmm. so um and it is just wild so they have the actual annabelle doll then uh no they they use the 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 prop annabelle yeah for the movie but um but yeah that annabelle doll lives in that house yeah the real one so <laughs> we should watch it i just bought it it's really good it's really <laughs> scary <laughs> at some point we'll have to yeah, the third one, the one I just watched, mm, too scary still. <laughs> uh, well, can't quite do it again. I mean, yeah, I'm guessing that it was probably just because it was nighttime. Like sometimes uh, there's been a couple of things like throughout my life that I've watched it like at night and then also during the day. And it's like during the day, there's just, it's just kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever. But like at nighttime, for some reason, it's like, it's dark outside and you're like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's about to get real. You know, all the bad things are about to happen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. yep. Well, what was your idiot or aspen moment? Mine. So <laughs> makes me want to varmint. So, <laughs> I generally speaking don't like I don't wake up so much during the night and like drink liquids but every once in a while I will so like especially since we've moved because we've been doing a lot of like yard work that sort of stuff I'm just like dehydrated all the time so I finally got myself one of those big water bottles that you have (laughs) oh yeah like one of those like gallon ones because I was like okay I don't need to drink the whole thing in a day but I figure if I like because if I leave it at like the, you know, one of the notches, a notch or two down from the top, you know, like mm-hmm. I should be able to drink all that a day. Mm-hmm. I did most of the gallon yesterday and I could tell that I was like drinking too much because like my pee was completely clear and I felt exhausted because I just like wiped out all of the minerals and everything. I just peed them right out, you know, yeah. like I flushed myself a little too much. Um, <laughs> So I'm like, okay, I can't do that, but you know, I'm trying to find like the good balance of like drinking enough water and whatever. But anyways, Mm -hmm. so I digress. (laughs) So I brought this, um, cup of water to bed. Didn't really drink it. I like had left it there a couple of days, hadn't touched it. And I'm like, oh, I should probably go and dump this. I go and I pick up the cup. And there is a spider that has drowned in my water cup. Oh my God. Like it was one of those like decent sized jumping spiders, but it was stuck in like the crawl position, you know, Yeah. and had just like fallen in and probably was trying to swim around and drowned and then was just stuck in like a full, like, I thought it was still alive because it like the position that it was in. Yeah. I was like, and like here's where I mean that spider is a full-on ass butt for jumping in my cup also (laughs) I'm kind of an idiot because now so we've got these plastic cups some are blue and some are green Mm -hmm. oh Seahawks (laughs) and it was in a green cup 
I can't drink out of the green cups anymore. <laughs> no, I can't drink out of your green cups either. Because <laughs> I don't know which one it was. And it was, it was washed thoroughly, you know, and Travis has been drinking out of them. So it, that specific cup has probably been washed like a couple of times at least now, mm-hmm. like in the washing machine, not just like hand washed, like in the dishwasher, not in the washing machine. Yeah. So, like, is it fine? Sure. Am I scarred for life? Also, yes. <laughs> yes. So now I'm not allowed to use the green cups. <laughs> Travis doesn't know this, <laughs> but I can't do it. So I go and I, I only drink out of the blue cups now. And, you know, given time, I will probably use the green cups again, you know, because it's like, okay, it's been enough time. You know, I, there's no, you know, it, it's, it's been washed plenty of times to where there's no spider remnants left, you mm-hmm. know but (laughs) yeah that is upsetting dude I don't know it is really upsetting and I'm like thank god I didn't just like take a drink out of of that in the middle of the night or whatever because I might have swallowed a spider and so that's gross oh god like (laughs) oh I am not okay with this I'm not okay with it either like I I have never in my life found a spider in a cup of liquid Ugh, I don't feel it. I, I just like, have chills. I have chills right now. <laughs> I don't feel good about it. <laughs> yeah. But like, I'm definitely like in this house because, so I don't remember if I've said on the podcast that we moved or not. I think I have. Mm-hmm. But, so there was a, how this house was set up. It's been this way for years, you know? And so like the carpets in the areas that the furniture was is still like new and the rest of it is like completely flattened so there's like terrain differences in the carpets that you can trip over and that sort of stuff so like nothing has been like moved around too much Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of stuff in the house yeah plenty of little hidey holes and all that sort of stuff but like nothing has really been moved and I don't even know how long until we moved in so like there's I keep finding you know spiders and different you know yeah what that have probably just been living in their homes for who knows how long and now yeah. they're all being disturbed <laughs> oh jeez so it freaks me right out and I don't like it but it it's getting better like I haven't found quite as many lately you know you can kind of there probably wasn't like a hundred thousand of them or whatever you know but like mm-hmm. enough of them you know <laughs> yeah so I think we're getting to the point now where there's not as many left in here anymore. So like, I'm not as worried about it. Like I'll see like a spider every once in a while, but it'll be like in the bathroom next to, cause there, for some reason, a lot of the screens in the windows are like falling apart. And so you open the window and it's just wide open. So I'm guessing that's probably where they're crawling in because it's always in the rooms that have like the screens that are wide open, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it either. Uh, uh, I need to like peppermint this whole place. Yes, do it. But, yeah. <laughs> well, so that's think, my story. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, definitely peppermint around. I need to. Yeah. Like, ugh. Mm-mm. 
Well, thanks for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandasfetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspets, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspet moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.